Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program, and I think big news, Liam McNeely, it has been confirmed. Of course, we all know he's a big target of IU basketball in the 2024 class, which are currently seniors. He has cut Texas from his list. He is not going to visit Texas later this month, which leads everybody to believe he is down to Indiana or Kansas. So another Hoosiers Jayhawks battle lining up here for the next week or two, perhaps. Feels like this thing could come to an end soon. Is Liam McNeely going to be the next commitment to this Indiana program, the first commitment from the class of 2024? It seems that way. There have been rumors of that for a month or more now, but big news in his recruitment. Texas is out. The visit there later in September, in fact, coming up this weekend, is off. And he will choose at some point, we think very soon, between Indiana and Kansas. So uh, big news for the recruiting front today. And we've been talking so much about uh, the big names Indiana has been tracking and how things unfold with recruiting during this fall period. And Indiana's been working it hard. Mike Woodson and staff have been on the road. We'll tell you more about where they've been and where they're going coming up here in this opening segment, but definitely a busy time, and sometime that first commitment, it can lead to other things. So uh, could a Leah McNeely commitment help with other Montverde Academy players? You would think possibly, but you just never know in the game of recruiting. But definitely worth noting here at the very top of the program, Liam McNeely has eliminated Texas. He's down to Indiana and Kansas, and most people think that a decision from him is forthcoming in the near future. So we will keep a watchful eye on McNeely as we have, oh, really throughout the summer and especially the last month or so. Uh, Welcome into our Tuesday show. As always, we get an hour to spend with you each day. It's a busy hour, lots of news, lots of headlines, lots of football, basketball, recruiting, local sports this time of year. We made it through the drought of sports in the summer, and now we have overload. We could probably do a three, four-hour show every day, to be quite honest, with all the the local and Indiana University sports topics right now. But we're glad you're with us for this hour. If you ever miss the live show, don't forget you can locate us as a podcast. Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us. You can listen on demand. 
Uh, if you miss a segment, you miss a show, you can go back and catch it. Uh, no matter how you're with us, uh, we're always glad to have you join us for an hour of IU and Southern Indiana Sports Talk. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, our Hoosier Headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news, and lots of recruiting stuff to get to. We'll talk more about Liam McNeely. The IU coaches were also on the road yesterday, and just a lot of stuff going on right now with some of these key targets, both in-state and out-of-state, so we'll catch up on some of that. Uh, and a few other notes to pass along as we look at things. IU's media day is tomorrow. That's a big day, an opportunity to hear from the coaches, to hear from the players uh, that really, to me, has always been the kickoff of the season because so much discussion and articles and content and things that we bring up on this show uh, will be headlined from now until the start of the season from things that we learn and or hear tomorrow at Media Day, which will take place at Assembly Hall. So always a fun day, and we'll be tracking all that stuff very closely, and you can bet that our Thursday program, Friday program, will be loaded with recapping everything that we learned from Coach Woodson and the uh, key players that we expect to hear from coming up on Thursday. little Michael Penix Jr. note as well. Gosh, I don't think I've mentioned this on the show, but he is having an outstanding season for uh, Washington and uh, the Huskies, and he's uh, a, uh, no question, I think a Heisman candidate, one of the favorites maybe at this early point of the college football season, so we'll chat about that today. There was a huge volleyball match last night, Providence and Silver Creek will discuss how that one played out, and a few other headlines coming up. One other note I do want to mention here at the top of the show before we go any further. Today at noon on the Big Ten Network, you can get the conference schedule announcement and release from the Big Ten Conference. So we know who Indiana is going to play. We know the home and homes. Uh, we know the home and aways. We know the one-game series, or I should say not home and home. We know the home and aways. We know the one-games uh, series at home or, or away. But what we don't know is the dates of that. And as you know, the Big Ten Conference is always tough and physical, and it's grueling, especially as you get into January, late January through the month of February. So sometime the schedule and the order in which teams are dealt opponents uh, is impactful, uh, especially when you look at how the conference could shake out. So at noon today, we'll be able to 100% basically, except for maybe some tip times, know the dates of everything on Indiana's basketball schedule for the upcoming season. So big day with the McNeely announcement that he's down to Indiana and Kansas, and then the Big Ten schedule and dates and some of the times and television designations, I believe, will come out today at noon as well. So uh, that is going to be fun to see that unfold. Again, a busy day here as we head to the back half of September and uh, with Hoosier hysteria just around the corner. Later in the show today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. we got to do a little more recapping of IU and Louisville football from Saturday, a tough loss for the Hoosiers, although I thought Taven Jackson showed a lot of promise. We'll also get into some of this basketball recruiting stuff with 
Mike as well. Mike is with the Daily Hoosier, does a great job covering all things with IU football, basketball, and more. But he'll be with us later today. And that's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham today for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. So give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Your question for Mike Schumann or a comment for me, whatever it may be, it can be on IU football. It could be on what you think about this weekend. Have you seen the new uniforms for IU football that they're going to debut this weekend? We'll talk about that in a moment. But all your opinions are welcome. Your questions for our great guests that join the show are welcome. It can even be on local sports, high school football, high school basketball. Uh, we love to, to get those recognitions for teams and players. So send them in. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get into some of these headlines today. First and foremost, Liam McNeely. We've covered that. He is down to Indiana and Kansas. He canceled his Texas visit, which was set for September 24th, this forthcoming weekend. He's taken senior year official visits to both Indiana and Kansas. He's been to the IU campus, I believe, twice over the course of this recruitment. And if you need any kind of recap, McNeely is just a solid and smooth player. He's six foot seven. He's a forward. He's depending on what rankings you look at, 10 to 15th or so in the country. Uh, I think I saw number 15 in the story I was just looking at from 247 Sports. And to take the recruitment to another level, Mike Woodson and all of his coaching staff, all the coaches that could be out on the road per NCAA rules, they were down in Florida yesterday at Montverde Academy for an open gym. So he was, along with all the coaches, watching McNeely uh, get some runs in with the Montverde team. Of course, there are a lot of other players on the Montverde Academy team that Indiana is recruiting, both in the 24 class and younger. But I think that just underscores Woodson and the staff and their commitment to McNeely and some of the other guys that were recently on campus as well. Uh, Givens, Curtis Givens, the what, the second, Curtis Givens, the third maybe, and uh, obviously Derek Queen, another big one, although it looks like Queen's recruitment is going to go a little ways into the future. He's adding official visits instead of cutting, and it seems like not near a decision where McNeely is. But definitely a big turnout for IU coaches down in Florida yesterday, and that's to be expected. Indiana is in a battle for these guys, and we'll see if it plays out for McNeely. Could he start a chain reaction? I think that's what fans are beginning to wonder. They want McNeely. He would be a, in a, alone a great get for Indiana, but could he start and further this connection between uh, IU and Montverde, which has become the elite high school basketball program in the country and you know years ago it was Oak Hill Academy when I was a kid growing up Oak Hill always 
on television. They would tour around the country and play uh, in big showcases and big games. They had all the Jordan apparel when that stuff first started and uh, had all the Nike backing and so forth and so many NBA players from Oak Hill. They're still prominent, but, boy, the, the national high school basketball landscape has sure changed, and Montverde Academy is at the top of that mountain right now as far as playing the game on a national level. Other recruiting notes to mention, in addition to the coaches being down at Montverde, uh, yesterday, Mike Woodson on Wednesday is expected to uh, travel here to southern Indiana, a little bit to our west. He's going to be at Heritage Hills High School where he'll check out junior Trent Sicily, who is going to be at IU's game, football game on Saturday for an unofficial visit. Sicily has been a regular visitor to Indiana. Uh, I know that uh, Micah Shrewsbury from Notre Dame expected to be in later this week. And I saw as well some other schools have been in, Iowa and Michigan State on Monday, Northwestern, and I believe Purdue uh, already have been in this week as well. So Sicily's recruiting continuing to roll along, and uh, he's got basically the Big Ten Conference after him, to be quite honest. But he's kept in touch with Indiana. They've kept in touch with him. He's been on campus regularly, so he's an in-state guy. We'll see how it plays out. Still a lot of time in the recruitment of Sisley and Harrelson, the two key in-state guys in the 2025 class. But uh, definitely, uh, Sisley is an outstanding prospect. Need to have his high school coach on. He's a great friend of the show that's been on before to talk Trent's game and a little bit about his, his recruiting. But as things take a step up, uh, they sure are doing that for Sisley. We'll catch back up with him again very soon. One other Big Ten basketball note. Uh, I did not know this, but Michigan announced yesterday that Coach Jawan Howard underwent a successful heart procedure uh, on Monday. He's expected to fully recover in 6 to 12 weeks and return to the program in 4 to 6 weeks. So middle of September, Michigan not projected to be one of the better teams in the conference. In fact, I think I've seen him in the bottom three or four of most preseason rankings and projections that are out there not a key time to be without your coach. Now, obviously, Coach Howard has some medical situations here that trump anything with basketball or the upcoming season. So kudos to him for getting him taken care of and getting that attention. But it is an interesting time to be without your head coach in advance of the season. These are some very important weeks coming up between now and exhibition games and obviously the start of the regular season as well. A couple other notes I want to mention to you. Uh, how about Michael Penix Jr.? I know that some Indiana fans probably a little salty with his transferring out of Indiana. Things didn't necessarily work out from an injury perspective. He just seemed to be embattled uh, with some key injuries in his time at Indiana. But he is absolutely exploding again this season for Washington. I saw against Michigan State, he threw in one half for 375 yards and four touchdowns, and he amassed 473 yards on 35 passes in that game. He is becoming one of the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman a trophy at this early point of the college football season. I think FanDuel has him plus 480 to bring home the Heisman Trophy uh, behind only Heisman winner from a year ago, Caleb Williams. So uh, Michael Penix Jr., good for him. He has found a situation at Washington that he's obviously 
thrived in, been very good in, and better knock on wood when I say this, but he has been able to stay healthy, which is something that it just did not happen at Indiana. It was a tough deal for him and for the IU football program with some of the injuries that he had to fight through and overcome. One volleyball note from last night on a local level, always fun to see the rivalry games in high school volleyball. Silver Creek and Providence has become one of those great games because both teams have been so good. Great programs, not just locally, but in the state of Indiana with great coaches, and they've both had wonderful postseason runs and success in the last uh, span of time. Of course, Providence's dominance now seems to go on and on forever if you look back in the history of volleyball locally. But last night, Providence, in this very competitive matchup, uh, was able to not just get the win, but to sweep Silver Creek in three sets. The Pioneers won 25-21 in set one, 25-22 in set two, and then 27-25 in set three to record the big win here in the middle of the season over Silver Creek. So two very, very talented teams with a number of college prospects and some teams obviously that have a chance in the postseason to make some noise going against each other last night in Providence as they typically seem to do in these big big games, these big rivalry games locally. Providence typically able to bring them home, and Coach Parika's team able to do that last night with a win over Silver Creek. One other note, not really related to our area, but I saw a story on WDRB uh, yesterday that uh, the Oakland A's have a pitcher who made his debut recently named Joe Boyle. He is from North Oldham, so just a little to our south, south of Louisville by one county in Oldham County. Uh, first North Oldham graduate to play in the Major League Baseball ranks. And to me, just amazing, not just Southern Indiana, but the Louisville area and even to the south now with North Oldham, the number of players that have reached the major leagues or reached the minor leagues have been drafted, have been signed to professional baseball deals from our immediate area is just remarkable. I mean, baseball has been really good now for some years in this area. And we have all the players to keep up with, Josh Rogers and Drew Ellis and so many others from New Albany and Jeff and other local programs. Of course, Timmy Borden, I ran into his family the other day. He's making some noise in the Astros minor league circuit. And that's just kind of scratching the surface of some of the local guys that are getting an opportunity in the minors or in some cases the majors, at least temporarily over the years. But really fun to see uh, this area, not just southern Indiana, but Louisville. And now we stretch out to Oldham County. Gosh, I know there's a lot of population in Louisville and across the river compared to here, but unbelievable number it seems to me of guys locally that have been able to make it to some level of professional baseball we'll head to a commercial break thornton's text line is open that number 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 so akron or against akron indiana is going to debut some alternate uniforms they are all black with iu's iconic crimson helmet and then a white block eye logo, black tops, red and white lettering, black bottoms with red and white piping, black socks, black gloves. Uh, one texter on the Thornton's text line says, football uniforms are awful. Are we IU or U of L? Maybe I am just too old school. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line, I definitely feel your pain. The look looks modern. It looks good, I guess. It probably helps with recruiting, but... 
it doesn't do a lot for me to move the needle as far as good-looking uniforms go. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann. More on IU football and basketball and recruiting. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. In 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in questions, comments, whatever it may be. And Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with me now. Mike, uh, we had a comment going to the last commercial break that uh, the texter did not care for the new football uniforms. Uh, Your thoughts on basically, I guess, an all-black uniform that IU is going to debut against Akron on Saturday. Yeah, and I guess Indiana just also announced that they want the fans to wear black as well. So it's going to be all black both on the field and in the stands. I, I'll, I'll speak to the fans part first because I just this is something I've seen Purdue do on a number of occasions for night games. And I just don't understand it. I think it's weird to have the fans all wearing black in a night game. It's almost like you can't even see them. But um, be that as it may, for the uniform uniform part of it, I, I really like it. I mean, well, I first blush reaction when I saw the, the photos of the uniform, I thought it, thought it was a great look. I know some fans are traditional and, and don't like, you know, a bunch of different versions of uniforms over the course of the season. I feel like it's maybe a little bit gimmicky, but um, I think if you do it right, uh, I, I think it's fun. I mean, this is sports. It's supposed to be fun. It's not like Indiana has this, you know, Penn State-like tradition of a uniform that's been the standard for 100 years anyway. So um, I like it. Um, I, the, I think the greater debate might be with the helmets. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of opinions out there on the current helmets and preferred helmets, and uh, IU seems really fixed on this. Uh, version that they've had out here for a while now. So, in any event, I, I think I, I, it's not something that I overreact to too much. I think once the game starts, everybody's going to judge them the way they're playing on the field and not focus too much on black uniforms. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, let's finish recapping the Louisville game so we can move forward to Akron and the rest of this football season. How do you rate the IU performance? In some ways, Indiana performed better, especially in the second half, than what I thought they might against a very quick and dangerous Louisville team. But then obviously some very disappointing moments down the stretch led to Indiana getting beat by a touchdown. Thoughts on how the game played out and overall IU's performance in that contest? You know, if I were giving it, Traditional letter grades, I'd almost have to say F for the first half and A for the second <laughs> half. And <laughs> um, I, I passed someone in the hall at Lucas Oil after the game, and, and he like chuckled and said, that's how you football. <laughs> and I had to just chuckle right back. Cause it, that, that's pretty much it. There's, there's always a reason um, why it doesn't work out, seemingly. That, that was a different script, at least for me, for IU football from what I've 
seen. I, I can't think of the last time that they were playing a really good team. Or you know, uh, your your audience will judge us better than me. But I, I would call Louisville relative to the entire spectrum of Division One college football. I would call them a really good team. And I, I can't think of the last time Indiana was down 21 points in the first half against a team of that caliber and really came all the way back. I mean, they were inches from tying that game. They did everything that they needed to do. They just had what was, in my opinion, a busted play call on, on fourth and goal. Um, so it, it's crazy, um, but and I really don't know how to think of it because, you know, they'll, they'll play Maryland here in two weeks. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they jumped out to a 21 nothing lead and blew it. I mean, it's just the way that they have been for a long time, just with inconsistency. And there's always just this one reason why the game didn't go the way you wanted it to. But the, the, for the last two seasons and into this season, the outcome hasn't changed. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU football. Uh, Akron this weekend. Much different opponent than Louisville. It's a game Indiana has to win, and I, I think a game Indiana will win, and probably very handily. Is that fair from what you know about the Zips? Yeah, I know Coach Allen referenced that they gave Kentucky a good game at least for a while, so it sounds like nothing else. They're competitive. They're they're going to give you a fight, but you hit the nail on the head. It's a must win. I mean, I think if you looked at the schedule going into the season, that there were – two games on the on the slate that you said those are the two they absolutely have to win or, or we're talking about, you know, Coach Allen's job at this point. So I think, you know, that would get them to a two and two start, back to five hundred and, you know, then you're going into what is just a brutal eight game finish. But yeah, it, you know, I, I suspect, you know, it's it's gonna be somewhere between the last two games between Indiana State and Louisville, but it, it's it's one in the end that if Indiana plays to their potential and keeps kind of that second half momentum going, they, they ought to be in the second half of this game, you know, playing a lot of reserves and, you know, getting a lot of reps and experience for guys going forward. I, I suspect it'll be a, a comfortable win in the end, but I'm sure there'll be some dicey moments because, as I referenced earlier, IU football. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can read his work, thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him on social media at daily underscore Hoosier. Let us get into something maybe that fans are more hopeful about right now, and that's IU basketball recruiting. Liam McNeely, a big announcement, or a big, I should say, report earlier today that he's not going to visit Texas. He's eliminated the Longhorns. He's down to Indiana and Kansas. And, Mike, you were one of the first, and then others kind of followed suit to say, Liam McNeely may be a Hoosier. It may just be a matter of time until his commitment. Then he added some visits. Now that Texas visit has come off of his schedule, do you still feel good with your initial feel that Indiana might get McNeely here and it could happen soon? I do. I mean, the only thing that complicates it for me is like one of the compelling factors with him has always been that, you know, I, I feel like a basketball quote-unquote basketball school was really important to him. He, he told me that on, on multiple occasions. Um, you know, he has at least four family members in his close circle that played Division One college basketball. So they, they really put a premium on a basketball school and all, all of that entails. So that was one of the factors why I always thought IU had an advantage. And on his first official visit last year, I think that, 
part of it really resonated with him and his family. But the complicating factor that I'm alluding to is just that the other school still in the mix is Kansas, who is every bit as much, if not more, of a basketball school right now. And the only reason I would say more, uh, probably to the annoyance of your audience, is just because of their, their more recent you know, run of success. Uh, with national titles and Big 12 titles and, and whatnot. And, and they have a very similar history to Indiana. Um, if you go to Lawrence, Kansas, uh, as many IU fans did last year, you, that, that history comes through loud and clear. So it's very much another basketball school. So now if he is truly down to two, you're, you're talking about, you know, that kind of takes that aspect of it anyway out of the equation. I think the thing that Indiana has going for them is just the – the much longer history with him. They, they, Kansas didn't really seriously get involved until this summer. Indiana goes back a year. He took them multiple visits. It's the only place he took multiple visits to. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think you, Indiana fans should feel good about that one, but anytime you're going up against Bill Self in Kansas, you, there, there's reason to at least be uh, cautious about the optimism. Yeah, absolutely. Liam McNeely down to Indiana and Kansas. It was reported a little early today. And Mike Woodson and all the coaches, I think three others, joined him down in Florida yesterday for an open gym at Montverde Academy. So uh, Indiana really doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on McNeely and Queen and others that they are recruiting, not just in 24, but in the 25 class as well for Montverde Academy. Indiana's got a good connection there. You and I have talked about this some, and a commitment from McNeely and potentially more could only strengthen that. Yeah, no doubt about it. It it really started with assistant coach Kenya Hunter's relationship down there. Uh, That was able to help Indiana ultimately land Jalen Hutchifino in the class of 2022. He pulled in Malik Renew with him in that class, ultimately, as everybody knows. Uh, Then Hutchifino's success at IU, um, the fact that both he and Malik both really enjoy their time at IU. Obviously, Malik's continuing at IU. Um, you know, I think it's all kind of built up to this 2024 class, and um, I think at this moment in time, it's it's very positive for Indiana. Uh, but, you know, they, they definitely need to at least close uh, and get a commitment from one of these guys with McNeely, uh, in my opinion, being the most likely. And I think if they do that, that just kind of keeps that momentum going. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Let's jump around to some other recruiting targets that we talk a lot about this time of year. Uh, Trent Sisley, he's an in-state player, probably doesn't get maybe the national hype that Jalen Harrelson does, who was at Fishers and is now up at LaPorte La Lamere. But Sisley, right in the heart of southern Indiana, solid player, and I always say he's got basically the entire Big Ten Conference after him. In fact, a lot of the head coaches and assistant coaches from the conference have been in Heritage Hills this week watching he and his team practice and do some workouts, and I know Mike Woodson is going to be there later this week. Any gauge on where Indiana's at and maybe who some of the chief competition could be uh, down the line as things play out in the recruitment of Trent Sicily? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Indiana's right there on, on the top line. I think they always have been since they offered him before his freshman season, and they've not really wavered on, on that. I think the, the three that you, know, you worry about if you're an Indiana fan are 
Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Purdue. I think those are the three that are, you know, been the, the most involved or the most realistic, and um, you know, the, the message has resonated the, the most with, with Trent and his dad and the family. So um, I, I think that's kind of where things at are, are at. I agree, it's not so much of a national recruitment like like Harrelson's, and I do think he'll end up somewhere in the relatively close proximity in the Midwest. Um, you know, when I've talked to both Trent and his dad, they, you know, they've, they've been open um, and said, you know, that they are an IU family. I think he's got two or three siblings currently at IU, but they're also a basketball family, first and foremost, as it relates to the, the recruiting process, and they're going to make a basketball decision. So, I, you know, while I think Indiana is kind of the um, sentimental or emotional edge for Trent and his family, I don't think that's ultimately going to be a deciding factor. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike, a couple other things I want to bring up with you today. Uh, Big Ten, the Big Ten Network at noon, the conference schedule announcement will come out. So basically we'll learn the order, the dates of the games, maybe some of the tip-off times, but I'm not even sure that happens this early. So what will you most be looking forward to or looking for when the uh, IU part of the schedule is put out here around noon today? Yeah, I mean, the main thing I typically look for on this particular date is just, as you suggested, the the order, kind of looking for, you know, tough stretches where, you know, man, they play four out of five on the road in the Big Ten, that's going to be really tough, or... You know, here's a stretch of three games where where they should get three in a row and maybe build some momentum. Those are the kind of things you can typically pick up from from this announcement. Um, It's a couple weeks later than than what I think it's been done before, so I don't know if there'll be more details on things like uh, tip times and television and things like that. I, I suspect not. We're still... Um, you know, quite a, quite a long ways from when the first games are, are going to be scheduled in, in early December if they follow that traditional format of having two games in early December like they have, which I, I think they will. So I think it's mainly just trying to figure out, you know, where the, the rough and easier stretches are. And I think even that's going to be really hard to pick out this year because I think as we've talked about in the past, I, I don't think – you know, looking two through 13 in, in the league this year, I don't think there's much separating any of these teams, to be perfectly honest. I do think Purdue is the clear favorite uh, just because of everybody that they bring back, and obviously Zach Eadie's such a, a monster to deal with. But that two through 13, I'm not quite as sold on Michigan State as some others are. Um, they probably are the two team, but anytime you're playing in that range, I think it's it's going to be a bit of a toss-up, in my opinion. But there's certainly question marks. Like the, the, the team I would call the 14th that I'm leaving out is Minnesota. Uh, they just I don't think that they have the roster to compete in the league this year. But, you know, who knows? They could surprise. Um, Northwestern's going to be interesting, losing Chase Audis. You got Nebraska, who uh, got hot late last year. But, you know, it's reasonable to wonder how fluky that was. So there's some teams that... Could end up being a little bit easier out that down the road. There always are, and there's injuries and things like that. But sitting here today, when this announcement comes out at noon, I think it's going to be hard to, to pick out too much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just to me, Mike, is a clear reminder 
that the season is inching closer and closer. And another reminder of that is the IU media day tomorrow. I'm sure that you'll be there. What's the burning question for a certain player? Who do you want to talk to most tomorrow, and what do you want to ask them? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's there's actually a ton. I mean, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about that. You know, I, I clearly remember at the same event last year talking to Trey Galloway about, you know, his shot. You know, that was the big question. And we talked a lot to him about, you know, what he was doing to improve it and his process and everything like that. And, man, it was pretty much what he said is exactly what, what came to fruition, and he shot the heck out of the ball. So I'm really curious to hear from him because that, that, that's really, in my opinion, one of the big storylines going into this season. They never really, from a roster construction standpoint, address that need for scoring volume at, at the guard position and, and specifically his position at the, at the two guard. So, you know, what, what does he think about that? What is he doing to address it? You know, he, he's made jumps in every year, and um, there's no reason to think that he can't. Um, but I'm, so I'm real curious to get his thoughts. I'm real curious to get thoughts about, you know, who's going to play that wing position that, that Miller cop played last year, that the three spot, you know, there's been talk about McKenzie and Baco and, and Caleb Banks, both competing for that spot, but they're probably, their experience is probably more at a kind of more of a hybrid forward or even a stretch four. So, you know, getting thoughts from both them and their teammates and, and Mike Woodson about their readiness to kind of step into that role, or if they're not ready, who's going to do it? Those, those are some of the, the main things that are standing out to me right now. All right, good stuff. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays on the show. Mike, your website is always loaded with content, man. I don't see how you do it, but I appreciate you. <laughs> it's a full-time job, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Mike, we'll talk next week. All right. Thanks, Matt. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, uh, always with us on Tuesdays. Boatload of information available at thedailyhoosier.com. That's one of the things about this show. Uh, We we bring to you really good people uh, in the IU media world that are on top of IU football and basketball. I know we have, obviously, a heavy lean to basketball even during football season, but These guys are very involved, very connected. They attend everything. They're up on recruiting. Just some outstanding media members that are kind enough to join us uh, during this show weekdays and share good insight, good information. And boy, Mike Schumann has been an outstanding addition to our program. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with some high school football stuff for this weekend. And uh, Justin Kalen, our trusty producer, he's been out doing some high school football broadcasting on our sister station. Going to get him to join us in the next segment for a few moments as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
All right, we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Justin Kalen, producer of this show. Sure, Justin Kalen with me. Justin, you're uh, an IU fan for sure, and I'm curious your takes on things, and you join this show from time to time. So two IU football questions for you as we wrap up today. Sure. Number, Number one, all black jerseys for Akron. You heard what the texter said, and you got my rebuttal, my basically agreement with his text. Where are you at on these wild and crazy uniform patterns? Indiana hadn't had a lot of them, but this, I think, by far is the craziest one they've come out with to date. Yeah, so I am not a big proponent of change. I'm, I'm kind of an old man in that regard. I don't, I don't like when things change. But in terms of Indiana football, they need something to change, you know? And I'm, I'm a big black jersey fan. I love when the Reds did it earlier this summer. They came out with their City Connect jerseys. So I'm really anxious to see how it looks on the field on Saturday. I like the idea of a black jersey with the red helmets. I think it's going to look really good. Yep, yep. Second question, probably tougher question, but Judge IU football heading into the Akron game. uh, You know, you've seen Ohio State, a tough game, but Maybe in some ways outside of not being able to score a touchdown, Indiana you know, did a few things in that contest. Uh, went over Indiana State as expected, was next. And then, of course, a Louisville first-half disastrous performance and a second-half performance that was actually not bad at all. Where are you at with IU football heading into the fourth game of the year? Yeah, that game on Saturday was thoroughly entertaining, Matt. I All I wanted was for that game to be close. And when we went to halftime and it was 21 nothing, I was like, oh, my gosh. This is going to be such a long game. And then they came out with that onside kick in the second half. So when I look at Indiana moving forward this season, that's you're going to have to see more of that. Tom Allen, I kind of feel like, has a fire lit under him in terms of, well, my seat here might be getting a little hot. So he's going to have to try some of the crazy stuff moving forward, like the onside kick, like the decision to go for it late in the ball game. It just – you're going to see more of that with Indiana moving forward because now we're at the point of the schedule, Matt, after this Akron game where people are looking at the schedule like where are the wins going to come from? Do any wins even come at all after this Akron game? So you have to make sure to take care of business on Saturday, get the win against Akron. Kentucky had no problem with them this weekend, so Indiana shouldn't as well or either. But, yeah, moving forward, you've got to just – you got to be gutsy. You've got to rely on Taven Jackson, who I thought played pretty well on Saturday. And that running game can be really something special and help IU go a long way and maybe pick up a couple surprising wins along the way. How hot is Tom Allen's seat? Interesting to hear you mention it and frame it the way you did. Uh, where, where do you, as a fan, where, where do you, how hot is his seat this season? You know, I love Tom Allen. I always have. I always have liked him since he's got to Indiana. But you just cannot continue to win two, three, four games a season. That's that's not what the fans want to see. And yeah, that's what Indiana historically has been. But that doesn't mean you got to keep rolling with that. I mean, it, it, Tom Allen's a great guy by all accounts. He's got the whole LEO mantra. It's he's ingrained it in all of his players' head. But if you're not winning on the field. It might be time for a change. In my eyes, the seat is really hot, but I'm, of course, not an administrator at Indiana, so I don't really know how hot it is at this point in time. We did not have Zach Osterman on Monday. I've really missed Zach because of the Tom Allen press conferences that overlap with his time slot on Mondays. It's hard to get him, Mm -hmm. but he's the guy that 
probably already has access and dug into it, his contract. I hate to think about this because there's still a lot of football to be played, but when you think about hot seats, you also have to think about financial implications and contracts. Sure. And I do wonder where that stacks up if Indiana made a move, say, after this season or potentially next season. Is there a, a, a drop-down in financial obligations over the next year or so that would make it worthwhile or not? But don't want to go down that path where in the middle of the year I always try to be extremely respectful to coaches. And I, too, like Tom Allen. He's accessible. He's yeah positive but you do have to wonder what the future is man well and even here's the thing that i question even if you make the decision to get rid of him at the end of the season who's the guarantee that they're going to bring in a guy that can win you know i mean is it it kind of just feels like indiana football is stuck in this universe where they can't win more than five six games in a season so you really would have to make a splash in terms of the coaching hire and I don't know if there's any coaches out there that would want to be part of making that splash with Indiana you know yeah I totally understand it would be really interesting to see where Indiana would go next just thinking hypothetically here all right Justin always great uh, to have you with me keep up the good work with high school football fun to be able to Tune in on 94.7 most Fridays and get some scores from local games. And we'll see how the Pioneers, Highlanders, and others do the rest of the way. Absolutely. By the way, I'll have Silver Creek and Jeffersonville on Friday. So tune in for that. Great stuff. Another rivalry game. And you know what? That actually could be a pretty good game uh, as I think about it at, at first glance. So we hope that it is. Silver Creek and Jeffersonville Friday on 94.7 WFIA. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday show. I just was reminded as well by Justin, only a 30-minute show tomorrow because we have a Louisville Bats day game. So uh, I'll be on from 11 to 11.30-ish with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. So hope you can join us for a quick edition of the show Wednesday. We'll be with you, but it'll be shorter than normal. Have a great Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.